Digital Focus. Hello there to you. It is Troy Stockton aboard. Hey, what is going on with diesel prices at the moment? Hey, Jeez, hopefully you uh, have filled up the ute or any motor vehicle that takes diesel at the moment. Tractor, header, chaser bin. What is going on? Anyway, uh, we're going to uh, try and see if we can make some sense of the diesel price from Episode 3. Market analyst Andrew Whitelaw is going to come on. Hopefully he can make some sense of what is going on with these unbelievable diesel prices. Uh, Also, too, today we are going to uh, catch in with Mark Warren from Nutrient. Uh, How did the Catanning sheep sale go? It looks like they're starting to pick up just a little bit. And, of course, our first guest today, with the countryman being out, Kelly is away. If you don't know, Kelly Dupe uh, getting ready to, uh, well, get married. Great news for her and her partner and all family. But uh, filling in the spot... With the countryman being out, it's time to say hello to Adam Paulson. Mate, hello there to you. G'day, Troy. How you doing? Not bad. Uh, in today's paper, mate, uh, a story on, uh, of course, uh, the shiploading from CBH. Yeah, front page story here. So Australia's biggest grain handler, CBH, has bolstered its 2022-23 shipping capacity uh, to a record 17 million tonnes. CBH will be offering an extra 600,000 tonne amid unprecedented demand as well as supply chain improvement. As many as 20 grain marketers were at the ready to secure these lucrative shipping slots on uh, at Wednesday morning first in, first served auction, boosting CBH Group's shipping capacity out of the Cronana Grain Terminal. Uh, now, this is the most capacity ever offered by CBH, with the 17 million tonne mean figure open to a 10% tolerance for flexibility in the market to order more or less. Uh, so CBH made this announcement this week, and it's great news for WA farmers who are, of course, expecting another massive harvest this year. Absolutely. And speaking of the harvest, mate, you've got an update in today's paper? Yeah. So um, WA growers are working through a slow start to the harvest with just under 200,000 tonnes received across CBH's receivable network uh, since the first delivery was made on September 27. Now, on Sunday, there were widespread falls of up to 30 millimetres across much of the grain-growing regions and up to 70 millimetre in the uh, Albany port zone. This um, downpour did lead to headers and chaser bins being parked up for some farmers who are in the midst of harvesting. However, while while it has slowed things down for some, according to CVH, it would be the, the perfect finishing rain for some of the state growers who are anticipated to deliver a 23.47 million tonne this harvest. Yeah, huge. Absolutely. Um, yeah, heaviest fall was in Wellstead, which got 68.4 millimetres. Okay. Quite, a, quite a downfall. Nice to have the rain, but uh, <laughs> I don't think they needed that much. But anyway, maybe some more rain coming too over the upcoming weekend. And also in today's paper, mate, uh, the uh, the methane pledge that uh, the Aussies have signed up for. Yeah, so Australia has uh, signed this landmark global pledge to cut methane emissions by 30% by 2030. WA's peak farming bodies cautiously welcomed this move after they initially expressed some misgivings about it. Listeners may remember that the Federal Agriculture Minister, Murray Watts, came out in support of this pledge a few weeks back, Mm. but then refused to say whether or not Australia would sign up. 
that's now confirmed. Uh, we will be joining 122 other signatories to this pledge, uh, including the US, the UK and the EU. Now, basically, those who've signed the pledge, uh, which is actually non-binding, uh, they've committed to reducing emissions in the energy, waste and agriculture sectors. Now, this has actually been welcomed by various national ag bodies, mm. uh, including National Farmers Federation. Um, I spoke with WA Farmers President John Hassel, and basically what he told me is that they're OK with this decision, provided the government stands by its promise that it won't negatively affect farmers. The government has promised that the pledge does not require herd sizes, herd sizes to be reduced um, and that it will not legislate taxes or levies to reduce the livestock emissions like New Zealand is set to do with its infamous burp tax. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, yeah, we'll see how this stands out. I mean, the Australian red meat and live livestock industry has already reduced net emissions by almost 60% in yeah, 2005, yeah. though they're actually doing really well. It'll be interesting going forward on, uh, yeah, on that pledge, mate. Mm, yeah. All right, so uh, those stories and more you can read in today's edition of The Countryman. Adam, thanks for your time today, mate. We'll get to you again next week. Next week, mate. Looking forward to it. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Scary. The scary. Yeah. Uh, I think if you look back at diesel prices, you know, the last 10, 20 years, mm. diesel and petrol is about the same price. About yeah. 1% higher for diesel. But now the last 12 months... It's just gone a bit crazy. So the last 12 months, diesel's been at a premium of about 11%, mm. 10-11%. But the last four weeks, you know, we're talking a premium of about, you know, close to 30% premium for diesel over petrol on a national basis. And, and to be honest, I haven't looked at the numbers, but when I was in Perth last week, I'm pretty sure it was higher in WA than it is in the East Coast. Okay. Yeah, I think it's about $2.40 in some parts over here, diesel at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's really expensive and mm. and that traditionally it's not been that much more expensive than petrol. And and technically it should be diesel should be cheaper because diesel's cheaper to produce than petrol because it isn't as refined. But I think that it's not a it's not a local issue to Australia. Uh, if we look in the UK and the US and all over the world, it's the same patterns emerging of uh, really sort of high premiums for diesel. Look, I can't find a hard and fast answer as to why that is the case. Yeah. I can hear I've heard a lot of theories and, and, and I think it might just be a combination of all of these factors playing in at the same time. So so some some of that is we've got this really high natural gas price in Europe. And so a lot of diesel is going into heating houses and heating things, which it normally wouldn't be because you'd be using natural gas. So yeah. the demand for diesel's up. We've got a war between Russia and Ukraine. Mm which has meant that Russia's using and Ukraine's using a lot more diesel for military use. But Russia at the same time is also exporting less diesel. And also a funny one as well is, is it really a premium for diesel or is it a discount for petrol? Because in the US, you know, a lot of petrol demand in the world comes from the summer months in the US and all these yanks driving around the country on their holidays. <laughs> when it gets to winter, they don't do that. And so the demand for diesel, uh, demand for petrol drops. Mm. And, and, yeah, and then, yeah, it's just... All these factors are sort of culminating in a high diesel price compared to petrol. And not a great time for it to go up here in WA anyway, with uh, harvest not too far away for our farmers. Yeah, I think that's that's the main concern as well, is that you know we're going to have... If you look at the, the main costs or big ticket items for cropping farmers, fertiliser, chemicals, diesel, labour, they're all expensive. And diesel is now way more expensive. You talk, you, you said 200, 240 cents yeah. a litre. The long term average is like 140. <laughs> so we're talking a dollar more than, than, than typically we'd be expecting. So, 
it's going to be a big cost. Hopefully, talking to farmers in WA last week, mm. everyone's pretty positive for the most part about how the crop's going to be. So hopefully the yield is going to more than compensate for the high cost of, of diesel. Do you see the diesel price coming down anytime soon? Yeah, yeah. I, feel like, no. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble if I say this, but yeah. uh, or somebody's going to come back at me. Yeah. Uh, I won't put a time frame on it. I think it will come down. But I think the reality is that uh, we are looking at an economy globally that is in some strife. Okay. Uh, if, if we look at places like China, uh, China's economy is you know slowing down. Demand for gadgets and gizmos out of China is dropping. So mm. we're seeing all these lead indicators that say, the economy slowing down, things like the cost of containers, the cost of bulk freight, uh, the cost of copper, all these things are dropping, which could sign to a slowdown in the global economy. If we have a slowdown in the global economy, we could see you know crude oil prices drop further. We could see diesel flowing because people just can't spend as much money on things. And that, that would be a good thing for diesel prices. But what is given with one hand is taken with the other. In a lot of our agricultural produce, especially in West Australia, yeah is predicated on a good, strong economy, wool. You know, you need a good economy for people to be buying wool because it's expensive, especially yep. merino. Yep. Lamb is an expensive, high-value good. Beef, on a global level, is an expensive, high-value good. Uh, so if you have a decline in economy, it can impact the demand for a lot of agricultural produce. So don't be careful what you wish for, I guess. Yep. All right. Yeah. All right. So we'll keep a close eye on that. looks like WA always seems to get the, uh, the rough end of the pineapple pretty much. At least you've got the mining money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But uh, anyway, yes, uh, diesel continue to have uh, a scarily strong premium. Uh, if you are wanting to know more, you can check out uh, episode three uh, up on the uh, on the Twitter. You can check out uh, the graphs and everything there from uh, Andrew and the team there. Mate, uh, thank you for uh, your chat this morning. Uh, I know that you're uh, heading away somewhere uh, nice and warm very soon. So enjoy that and we'll chat with you very soon. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for having us. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. How did yesterday's Catelling Sheep Sale go? Well, from Nutrient Livestock, the man who was there yesterday, as he always is every Wednesday, Mark Warren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Troy. Morning, listeners. How did you go there yesterday, mate? Yeah, we had a few less sheep than a week before, but still not big heaps. So we had a total of 5,528, so I was down 670-odd from the week before. Uh, yeah, looked pretty mixy yarding, to be honest, um, compared to the last two or three weeks. We had a lot of bits and pieces, so um, which, yeah, which was uh, probably not the best market in the world. But, but yeah, look, the good sheep sold reasonably well. Uh, odd pen of heavy new season lambs, they sold from 120 to 135, but majority of the yarding, you know, light trade to feeder type lambs, and they basically sold anywhere from 75 to 95, depending on weight and condition, but uh, majority of those were store type sheep. Uh, mutton, once again, just the odd pan of heavy mutton we yarded, they sold from 110 to 134, that's including skin. A uh, better odd pen of trade mutton sold from 90 to 100. A uh, better type boning ewes sold from 70 to 80, very light and plain ewes. Uh, they're basically selling from 30 to 50, but are pretty light and small. Merino weather hoggets, uh, basically they were down 5 to 10, but bit of competition, but mainly due to quality, sold from 75 to 90. Bit of stood lighter stores, sold from 50 to 70. It's the same story with the U hoggets, a bit more competition, but the uh, <coughs> quality was a lot less than the week before. They sold from 60 to 80, they're down 5 to 10. Very light and plain U hoggets, sold from 40 to 50. Uh, the ram job uh, isn't brilliant, but uh, the younger type rams, they sold 40 to 50 with most slaughter type rams selling from 30 to 40. So it was it was a pretty quick sale, but uh, as I said, Troy, pretty mixy yarding, but um, and the and the market was a bit all over the shop. So um, yeah, but anyway, it's another one out of the way. 
Yeah, that's uh, this week's one done and dusted, mate. Uh, any more sales for you for the rest of the week? Uh, no, no, we've pretty much done all our ram sales now, um, so they're all done and dusted. So yeah, just back to the normal trade sales, and we we are having a uh, a big U sale coming off on the 18th of November uh, at Katanning. So it's our U sale we have every year. So uh, yep. that's on the 18th of November. We'll uh, could have um, could have twelve or fourteen thousand U's there, oh. so it could be a big day. You might be busy that day, mate. Yeah, it'll be a long couple of days, long week that week. <laughs> yeah, I think. absolutely. All right, so uh, the 18th of November for that one. Anything else before I uh, let you head on out and about today, mate? No, no, just waiting for the weather to settle itself down. I can't yeah. quite work out what it wants to do. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, back into it today and tomorrow, just uh, sorting a few sheep, yeah. Well, mate, enjoy your week. We'll chat to you again next week. Thanks, yeah, Troy. It's starting to sound like things are starting to pick up sheep sale-wise there at Catanning. So uh, everything crossed? And let's hope so. Hey, do thank our guest today on the Rural Focus podcast. And thank you to you for choosing the Rural Focus podcast here on the Listener app. My name is Troy Stockton. I look forward to bringing you another Rural Focus podcast again very soon.